Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. On today's episode, Arsenal Invincible Martin Keown joined myself and Simon with Jurgen Klopp in the dock again following his comments about referee Paul Tierney. Meantime, Bournemouth all but secured safety with a win yesterday afternoon. I spoke exclusively to Cherry's boss, Gary O'Neill. Before we came on there, in fact, we gave a tiny little segment to Laura's show. Spoke to Gary O'Neill. My goodness, what a yep. job. Bournemouth yep. have done it. And Gary's saying for the first time this morning, yeah, we're there. We're there. Yeah, no, I heard him. I heard his interviews over the weekend and after the game specifically. I mean, Leeds were poor, weren't they? Let's be honest about it. But you only beat what's in front of you. And Bournemouth have done far more than just beat Leeds in recent times. Yeah. So you have to give everything to, that Gary O'Neill deserves because people like me were very vociferous about people like Gary O'Neill aren't going to be the solution. And he was a solution. So yes. it needs to be, people need to come out and say that they were wrong and his performance merits an opportunity for him which is slightly more expansive than the one he's been given. So were you wrong? Yeah, absolutely, categorically, okay. undeniably. I mean, okay. if, you look at, if you look at the production of the team that he's produced, you look at how sharp some of these players look and how committed they are to the calls and the manner in which he now interacts with the media, which is like a more seasoned manager and a more seasoned person, I think he's done remarkably well and I think he should be given all the plaudits yeah. that he deserves. You're taking all these things on the chin, aren't you? Because it's right to do so. You Newcastle and the takeover, deader than a dead thing well, and dead if you're, dead. If, if you're, dead. If there's something more magnanimous about admitting you're wrong when you're wrong. You can sit there and be entrenched in a position trying to find your way out of it by being clever and facetious with your words or you can just say, I was wrong and they were right. Sure. Well done. Fair play to them. No, well done. Well done, Simon. Um, so we're going to be hearing from Gary O'Neill later on this morning. Um, going to be hearing from a bunch of people uh, this morning because there's a lot going on, not least tonight. Oh, what a game. Leicester against uh, Everton. My goodness, the stakes could not be higher. And that one's live in Talk Sport, Martin. Victor Christensen, uh, the Leicester fullback, speaks to us ahead of that one. Um, I couldn't believe what I was seeing yesterday, to be quite honest, Martin. Liverpool and Tottenham. It looked like Liverpool were going to blow Tottenham away, then Tottenham come back in. Yeah. What was it? It was a dramatic seven-goal thriller, for sure. But on Liverpool, Martin, is this a football club showing signs of revival for next season? I mean, do you believe they're coming back with a vengeance or are there still big vulnerabilities for them to address I think they're a little bit too loose defensively and that high line is not is, is certainly not right 
right now. Uh, but I like Trent Alexander-Arnold going into midfield. I think that's a major addition, Jim. There's the first he has for a through ball, the number of assists now, I think that's five on the bounce. He's only the second player to do that yeah. uh, con- consecutively in, in the Premier League. Uh, a real talent. It was an amazing game. Um, but they almost threw it away. And that, you know, that can't be right going forward. So Jürgen knows there's a lot of work to do, but he'd been really pleased with the way the team just kept going to the end. An incredible finish to a match. It was one of those, Simon, you couldn't, you didn't take your eyes off no, it, No, it you? was a fascinating. I mean, I think what we saw is two structurally weak sides to some extent, because you've got two sides with very good players, but the structure of their sides are susceptible and open to the things that happen to them in the game. I mean, it is it does beg a belief what Tottenham players hear when they come out of the dressing room, because they must hear something very different to what the managers tell them, because they go out and do the th- same thing week in, week out, which is get themselves in, into a terrible position in the first 15, 20 minutes of a game, and most markedly in the last two uh, last three, shall we say. Yeah. Um, the fact that they're able to bounce back, and I'll give a you know, a due amount of credit to Ryan Mason's contribution to that, but I still maintain that the predominant influence are the players that are waking up going, this is a yeah, horror story, we better get a bit of pride about ourselves. You have to question their mentality when they start games so badly. That's 13 times now they conceded in the first 15 minutes of a game in the Premier League. So either they're not prepared properly by the management, or, or they're, they're just listen. not right. They're just not right mentally themselves. Yeah. And I was always told, if you if you work early and you work hard, you work less. They make it really difficult for themselves. So get out of the blocks early. What is wrong with the group? Where's the motivation? But how many times do you see? I mean, how many times do you see the message that you think would have been imparted being completely countermanded by a goal being scored in the forty-sixth minute, or a goal being scored in the second or third minute? It seems to be the staple diet of professional football teams that the manager's words seem to be completely lost in their ears on the way down the tunnel. I mean, I realise sometimes there isn't much going on between their ears. So um, is this but, a squad that needs gutting, Simon? Well, I think it's or, a, are there foundations there? Mm, I think it probably needs a massive change up. I think there's a few players amongst that group of players that have been there for too long. Um, I think the culture is probably wrong, but that's set by other people. That's set by managers. The managers set the standards and enforce them. So there's a combination of things. Yeah, I do think there probably needs an element of culling, not necessarily gutting. A bit of a culling. Cull- yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. the core um, is there though, isn't it? No, the front. You look at the front four. You know, Harry Kane was not going to be going anywhere. Son, Kulusevski. Outstanding talents. It's it's what is happening at the back. It's they're giving a goal away goals. You confident King's cheesy. not going anywhere? I'm not confident. I'll tell you one thing. I'll just drop in the mix here. No one's really mentioning it. Why can't Kane go to Liverpool? Wouldn't he be a perfect fit? Because eight Liverpool, goals he scored against Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. We haven't got the dough. That's why they've already pulled themselves out well, of the Jude Billingham situation. I mean, the bottom line is is if you look at Spurs and you look at I mean, and you as a central defender will appreciate. It. Move off Kane for a second. Romero to me is scandalous at this moment in time. He's a good player, no doubt about it. But I was talking to someone the other day about the fe- feeling, one of your fellow pros, that he's better. He thinks he's better than the job he's currently doing with Tottenham Hotspur. He's and lost look, his head, hasn't he? Well, someone seems someone has to get in his ear yeah. and tell him, look, you're, there was a Rolls-Royce defender there at yeah. one stage and now he wants to win every single ball. It's like he's like he's trying to misbehave so badly they're just going to cut him loose and take him out of there. Mm. Feels World, like World Cup winner. Doesn't look like it. Um, uh, on Ryan Mason, we spoke at the end of last week, Simon, yeah. saying, Ryan Mason, you know, does he have it? Can he really nail the troops when he has to? Well, he certainly came out fighting at the end of the game because the match winner, Jota, was still in the pitch after that challenge uh, by Skip and uh, on Skip. And that didn't go unnoticed on Ryan. I'd like an explanation. I'd like to understand why it wasn't. And understand sometimes referees and officials on the pitch missing it even though my, my feeling at the moment was 
an instant red card because when, you're, when your foot and your studs are showing five and a half feet in the air and you make contact with the player's head and, and draw blood and, and create a gash, I think it ticks all the boxes. Um, but probably more so uh, an experienced referee in the VAR room. You want him to help the official on the pitch in that moment. And um, listen, it's, it's decided the game because that player on the pitch shouldn't have been on there at the end, in my opinion. And I'm pretty sure most football people's opinions will, will probably feel the same. So, Martin, has you got a point there? Yeah, 100%. I wouldn't dwell on it too much Why? if I was Ryan Mason. Just do it, say it, get on with it. You know, I, I do feel, I mean, there's a wider picture we've got clops to talk about, and we're going to come to that in a minute. And I just feel there's a little bit, if you look at what goes on touchline, Klopp has a little bit where former players particularly tries to get under their skin. He has to own the technical area of Klopp. He does that. That's him. And if you look at the Peps, they just ignore him. But the younger managers, the Lampards, the Artetas, and now we're seeing Ryan Mason, it, it needles them a little bit and they react to him. And this is what we're seeing. And then I think it's a little bit of a bullying really from Klopp. Look, I love Klopp as, as, a, as a manager. But I, I wouldn't get into it too much. I mean, Ryan but you Mason, think he's a bully in the technical area. I think he is. Look, they're players, former players, and they're responding like they would do on the pitch. In a way, you've got to just block him out, concentrate on your team. But it was significant. Jota shouldn't have been on the pitch, and he scores a late winner. So it's going to hurt. But I've, when it comes to dealing with it, just say it, do it, get away. Uh, otherwise, Klopp's hearing all the comments, and then I think he then starts to change his behaviour a little bit. And maybe he went too far. To accuse the referee of not giving the, the, the decisions that he wants. Do you think so maybe he went too far or he absolutely well, went he has too gone far. too far. He has gone too far, but he's one of the, you know, he's a person that we look up to in the game. He needs to be consequence for that. I mean, he, I, I, all of us would want a bully in our technical area. If I'm a tr owner, I want my manager to own his technical area. I've, you know, and if he's on my side of the fence, I'll be, that'll do for me. If he's on the other side of the fence, he's a bully and I don't want him. But this point where he goes after the official, after the game, he has to be consequence for that because you cannot make these sort of assertions and allegations about someone's professional integrity. You're bringing them into disrepute. You're bringing the profession of refereeing into a space where you're basically saying, this man's biased. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. What did we witness yesterday at Anfield? Tottenham three down, came back 3-3, three, three, then lost it to Liverpool. All right, all that then, in the football sense, made it a dramatic afternoon. But that wasn't all because Jurgen Klopp is likely to face an FA charge after accusing the referee Paul Tierney of having an agenda against Liverpool. Liverpool boss claimed that Tierney had spoken to him in an inappropriate manner on the touchline when showing him a, a, a yellow card. He was being punished for confronting the fourth official, celebrating Diego Jota's winner, injuring his hamstring in the process. So he said, this is Klopp. We have our history with Tierney. I really don't know what he has against us. He has said there is no problem, but that cannot be true. How he looks at me, I don't understand it. In England, nobody has to clarify these situations. It's really tricky and hard to understand. What he said to me when he gave me the yellow card is not okay. I will not say anything. The refs don't say what is said, so I don't. But, of course, then he did, post-match. The problem is, I, mean, I have to mention, because you don't speak about it, so Paul Tierney gave us, in a game, in a season where it would have been, was quite important, he didn't give Harry Kane a red card. And I love Harry Kane. What a player. Today, again, my God, he's pretty much unplayable. That day, didn't get a red card. But he found, but Robo got a red card. So in this game, we drew 2-2, you might remember it. And it was not the first time. There are so many things. It's, nobody in the stadium wanted a foul in the situation with Mo Salah. The linesman was completely calm, both hands down. 
and he whistled it. And I, yeah, of course we are emotional in these moments. It's difficult. It's not. It's not okay. We should not do that. Yes, we are role models. All clear. But we are human beings first and foremost. Before you are a Roman, you are a human being, and that happens in Albon. But I didn't say a bad word to the, to the fourth official, not at all, and he wouldn't have deserved it anyway because he didn't do anything wrong. But I turned around to the fourth official, celebrated in that direction, and pulled my hamstring probably in that moment. So fair enough, all good. I'm already punished, got a yellow card on top of that. I think he thought it should have got a different punishment, but because the fourth official was a yellow card, that's it. We have to ask. We have to ask Mr. Tierney, what's, what's in this situation? What's, what's going on? So I said what I said, probably too much, and I'll write what you want to write. I cannot help you now, but on top, more information, details, or whatever. I don't think they need any help, do they? The PGMOL have said this morning, we're aware of comments made by Klopp after his side's fixture with Tottenham. Match officials in the Premier League are recorded in all games via a communication system. And having fully reviewed the audio of referee Paul Tierney, we can confirm he acted in a professional manner throughout, including when issuing the caution to the Liverpool manager. So therefore, we strongly refute any suggestion that Tierney's actions were improper. So we've got two things here, Simon. Klopp running to the fourth official and celebrating in his face. And number two, implying bias. Yeah. So how much trouble is he in? I think he should be made to account for what he's alleging. I mean, if you're going to say something, say it. And it's cowardly that he didn't. If he wanted to go full in and make the observation, he didn't need to bring Tony's observations to him into the conversation. He brought them in. He can go back and then re-centre himself for the press conference afterward and talk about how he came and how he didn't send him off in the previous game. No, no, let's wind it back. You said this man said inappropriate things to you. So why don't you tell us what they are? Because you went in, you brought it to our attention, and now you, don't, you want to drop these little truth bombs in and walk away from the, de- from the uh, explosion. And they've got audio. So it's a matter of fact. So he now needs to be held accountable. And he doesn't. If he doesn't want to volunteer what he thinks he heard, because that'll be the next one out of, of the next cab off the rank. Right. Then he needs to now have himself in a serious position because he has just called a referee biased. He's just said it. So that can't go unnoticed. Now, running down the touchline to a fourth official, that got him a yellow card. So that's been consequenced, right? And you can say repeat offenders, he's done it before, but you treat each situation based upon its individual merits. This one, this is the one I want him accountable for. Should the PGMOL release the audio? Yes, absolutely. And because these referees, you know I've said it and you laughed at me before because it was said in the wrong context. I want these referees to have a voice. I want them to be able to have a voice and say certain things and be able to account for themselves at the same time as put people in the position as the reason why decisions are made. This is a significant allegation by Klopp about impropriety from a referee which questions the integrity of a professional. And if he's right, I want the referee consequenced. If he's wrong, I want him consequenced. He's bringing the game and the nature of Klopp professional officialism into... Klopp into- wants him to be able to speak. But I, but I will say in this, I'm not. Gonna, I'm can't. not going to condone this. He knows he I'm not going to condone it. But this is this is what you get with Klopp, isn't it? He's just he's apologising. He's said already. I've probably said too much. I'm only human. It's emotion, and he's tried to explain himself as to why he's gone too far. But nonetheless, I've said it, and I think he knows that he's probably going to be in hot water. But this is what you get with Jurgen going Klopp. Too you get far. honesty. He feels he feels he feels he feels he feels that this referee goes against him now. If you've been in the moment, and I've been no, there, specific, I've been there, Martin, I've been there, where you think that certain referees think that they're going against you. He feels whatever we tell Jurgen Klopp. No, 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 Tierney's not against you. And that's you. fine, Martin. He believes and, that and this referee's fine. got something against that, him. right? Because that's perspective. He said that this referee said inappropriate things to him. 
Well, let's hear the transcript. So then. the bottom line is, yeah. someone and the PGMOL are either blatant liars now because they've reviewed the audio, or Jurgen Klopp is. And Jurgen Klopp has gone beyond my perspective on what a referee does and doesn't give me in a game. He's now calling that referee's behaviour and the words that we, he used and yeah. words make differences and matter and people's careers and people's reputations get judged by these things. So he now needs to be properly consequenced yes. for Klopp this. Klopp says post-match, Martin, what he said to me, Tierney, when he gave me the yellow card is not okay. I will not say anything. <clears throat> the refs don't say it, so I don't. So he said, you know, Tierney said something that yeah. was not okay. The PGMOL, who have the audio, we can confirm Tierney acted in a professional manager throughout, including when he issued the caution to the Liverpool manager. Therefore, we strongly refute any suggestion that Tierney's actions were improper. And you're calling Klopp honest. I'm listen. I'm just. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying what you're getting with Jurgen Klopp. No, you're Klopp. explaining it. That's how you get it. Yeah. It's not acceptable. It, you, it's, not acceptable. it's not acceptable. Of course, it's not. Not long after we had a, a, the linesman with all the problems we had last time, we're throwing an elbow. Here we are. Just, who was a, that? just a few weeks one later. Of players. Yeah. Just a few weeks later, we've got this now. It's a dangerous road for him to go down, and one I wouldn't be going down. I'm just explaining the man himself. He's a package, isn't he? A fireworks. But you also and at times. He says too much. But there's also but, Martin, are we right? It's inexcusable. If the PGMOL it, have this audio... We now, we now have to hear it. It's well, his word against well, theirs. Well, it does, yeah. He has... I mean, and it's great, and I agree. And I'm a Klopp, I'm a Klopp fan. And, of course, the Liverpool fans that listen to this go that anything that departs from their shtick, which is Klopp is a god, right, means it's unfair criticism. So right now, you'll be hearing Liverpool fans saying he doesn't like Klopp. I do like Klopp. I think he's fantastic. But there's a consequence to your behaviour. And in this instance, what he's done is he's stepped over the line. And, he's just, and you say he's a human being. We know that. But what he is also, he's a bloody professional. But you know, and when you're a professional himself. person, you, you, you want to have the perspective and you want, to, you want to infer bias and say, that I never get a decision. Okay, we'll live with that little, that little middle ground between what you can say and what you can't say. When you start saying that referees are saying things to you that are inappropriate, you better be able to stand that up. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Well done, Bournemouth. They hammered Leeds United by four goals to one. But uh, in the process, they have all but secured their Premier League survival for next season. And I was wondering this morning, when Gary O'Neill said yes to having a a pre-show chat with me this morning, I thought, I wonder if Gary will be buoyant enough to say, we've done it, we've done it. It's a Premier League for us next season. And what they have done is nothing ordinary. It's a magnificent achievement. And yes... Gary all but agreed with me this morning. So, Izzy, can he now rest easy that it's Premier League football for them next season? Yeah, I'm fairly confident, Jim, that, that 39 will be enough. Obviously, that doesn't mean that we're we're down in tools and we, we, we don't want to put as many points on the board as possible over the next four games. But yeah, at 36, with our goal difference, I still felt we were in the mix and could still get dragged back in. But I think 39 would... Yeah, is a big ask for for enough of the teams below us to to get that many to um to drag us back into anything. But yeah, you never know until it's mathematically done. You you never know that you know we've won four of our last five, so there's no reason that other teams can't do the same. I just think it would take obviously with with as many teams below us as there are, it would take a real yeah incredible run of results from lots of different teams to drag us back in really. So yeah, pretty much done. I would think, Jim. Gary, how have you defied the odds? You were pretty much written off for most of this season and and even when you were appointed, that was the case. So how have you done it? Yeah, it's just been hard work, Jim. I mean, it sounds, yeah, so it's a it's a boring story probably, but yeah, it's the same as, as anyone, I guess, that has, or any group that has managed to achieve something with. Everybody has worked their socks off and yeah, I mean, everybody, we've obviously suffered some tough bumps and bruises along the way. Uh, but yeah, it was just a real clear. I think when we when we first started, we were going through a tough run after the World Cup break. We had a lot of injuries. We weren't able to strengthen much in the summer uh, because of the circumstances around the club. So um, the squad was already quite small. We suffered injuries. We had a lot of kids on the bench that had not even trained with us really, and we were going away to places like Brentford and Chelsea, and the lads were doing exactly what I was asking of them, and we were coming away with nothing. And then. January came, we got a few back from injury, we kept sticking to our beliefs and then, yeah, when those three things all came together, um, the tide sort of turned very quickly and we managed to we managed to start to put some results in with, with some real promising performances. So we always believed, Jim, I, I really believed this group could stay in the Premier League from the moment that I took over as interim manager in, in September. So, yeah, just really proud of them and I hope they're, in, they're enjoying their couple of days off that they've got because, they, um, yeah, they deserve it. In a weird way, Gary, the fact that so many did write you off, did that work in your favour? When I was a player, I would really use that as motivation. Uh, and I spoke to them about that a lot. We shut the doors every time we have a meeting and it's OK. No one outside of this room believes that we have a chance. So it's an incredible opportunity here for us lads to show a real big number of people that we're better than everyone thinks we are. And also beyond that, we when we lose 9-0 at Liverpool or when Arsenal score in the last second and we're bottom of the Premier League people think oh that's a tough blow to come back from but just kept asking them to respond and they've responded unbelievably well Jim to every every little setback every bit of criticism all the questions asked of them because a lot of questions asked to be fair of the group initially and then of course of, of myself because first time manager 
Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of questions are asked of us, and, and so far we've we've managed to answer enough of them. Gary, be honest with me now. Was there ever a moment you doubted yourself? Did you, in a quiet moment, think, "Geez, can I get them through this? Can I do this?" No, I've always been fine, Jim. To be honest, I think that you understand that there's a lot of criticism around, and the the important thing is making sure that you always have a clear view on what you expect of yourself and this group at every moment. So when we go to Brentford and we don't have many players available, and we ha- we have a good go and lose two 0 and everyone's thinking, "Oh, that they're they're miles off it. They've got absolutely no chance." I never get drawn into that because I always understand the circumstance around everything. And no, I, I always, obviously, Jim, after the results, you come home and they're tough evenings. Um, when you suffer some bad results, you come home that night and you, know, you haven't won in six and questions are being asked. So there, there are some tough moments, but at no point did I feel like I couldn't get this group to where it needed to get to. And mainly because they're such an incredible group and they'll give absolutely everything at every moment. So they're not a tough group to, to manage or, or motivate. So what's it all about now, Gary? Seeking assurances possibly from your owner, Bill Foley, that there'll be sufficient investment regards player recruitment to help you avoid being in a similar situation next season? No, I think, yeah, there will always be conversations soon as we get into the summer around what the plans are. But no, there won't be me seeking any assurances on what's been um, fantastic about the football club since... Bill has come in and since I've been in charge is that everyone has been completely aligned in, in our vision around all, all situations. So all situations have been handled by the club. We've all been completely on board with all of them. We all know the plan. And now that we've achieved our first, the first part of the, of the plan, we can obviously sit down at some point over the next weeks and try and see how we, how we keep improving. But for me now, just a real yeah, gratitude really to Bill, to the guys above me at the football club to give me such a, an incredible opportunity as my first managerial role in the in the Premier League. It's, trust me, we've we've such a big job. Just grateful really for the opportunity and hopefully I can keep repaying them. Bet you it feels good this morning, Gary. Yeah, no it does, Jim. I've it's been a yeah, busy week last week, a lot of eleven o'clock evenings and three big games in a week, you know, against teams in and around you and you knew that the week could define what league we were in next year. So there was a lot of work that went in. Yeah, and it was a it was a strange feeling yesterday to get it done to feel like we got it done so early because I, yeah, I didn't really envisage just getting it done that early. If I'm honest, I thought there would always be a, a defining moment or a, a situation where it was maybe do or die at some stage. Yeah, and the boys have been incredible to, to manage to make sure we, we now get four games where we have, yeah, we have, some, we have some sort of goals that we can set ourselves around what the club has achieved before and how many points we can try and put on the board and yeah, try and finish the season and, and make sure the next the next three or four weeks are as, as memorable as the as the last thirty five. You know, Simon, they might have given Gary his opportunity, sure, but yeah. by God, he's tainted with both hands. And that's right. And, and it's it's nice to hear a bit of respect. And we want to get the balance right between managers and owners and who works for whom. But at the same time, you want managers to push owners. You want that balance. You want to, you want you don't want what Scott Parker did, and you don't want too much contrition. You want strong managers that push their owners but they don't use the media to do it. Now, he'll have his conversations guaranteed. You're absolutely right. He was given an opportunity. He was given an opportunity and he took it. So there's now an equitability in that relationship. The new owner has got somebody that's done a job for him. So now they've got a relationship which is based upon a bit of equitability. He's not going to sit there and tell us in the media that I'm going to be off knocking on his door telling him what I want. But there will be an element of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And when the chairman says, right, this is what I've got and this is what you're getting and that's the end of the discussion, Gary O'Neill is more likely to fall in the right side of the line, which is go, okay, 
I'd like a little bit more. I think that's probably not fair. Can we do a little bit more of this? Little bit? But none of it will be done in the same way that Scott Parker did. And that's not served Scott Parker well. It's not clever. Some people say, that's right, you tell him. Right? But where did it get Scott Parker? Yeah. Would you I mean, not, having you, said you, that, though, Martin, they're just, always going to be staving off relegation, aren't they? They're always going, it mm. will be a fight to stay up again next Let's season. just stay with Gary Neal for just a minute. Just to, just, I went to the Forest game where he'd just pretty well taken over. They'd been thumped, hadn't they, by 9-0 nine, nine just, I think, the, the previous or a couple of games before. So things were in disarray. And they went 2-0 down in that game. And I saw a manager on the sideline was like, wasn't having any of that. I'm going to make changes. I'm going to go after the opposition. And they got back slowly into the game. In fact, he wasn't prepared just to stay a draw. He wanted a win. And he went after it. You could see his family were there. His family were at the game. Yeah. He wants to be a manager. He's proved the right now to be there. I mean, Jim, when you look at the games that they've just had, seven games in April, they've won five games. It's, it, I mean, it's been quite magnificent. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Solanke... Um, a player that I thought Eddie Howe why did he buy him now I can see why Eddie Howe bought him uh, he was been involved three goals three assists the last six goals they're really coming into form Lerma in midfield Billing they look a really good outfit right mm. now and all credit to the manager for pulling that round yeah, Ryan, Ryan Christie's done a job two and a half million yeah, it'd be yep. interesting to see because the big question for Gary now is not can he manage we, first question was can he manage his group of players on the pitch and get some outcomes so he's ticked that box and we know he can the next question is can he manage up can he work with Do you an think older? he can I think he's more likely to be able to, yeah. I think, I think if he keeps himself in check and realises the opportunity is as much his as, 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 as his owner's and gets the balance right and doesn't fall into a situation where some of them get a little bit carried away of themselves, I think he'll be all right. But he's got to... This next thing is this guy's come in. He really he didn't make the appointment. The appointment was made prior to his takeover. He might have been influential in it because he knew he was going to take over, but it really wasn't on him. Right? <clears throat> so now you've got a situation where he, Gary's pulled him out of the fire. This fella just bought a football club and the first thing he was going to face was relegate, relegation. So he's got this empathy with Gary O'Neill. But it's a different... The slate's wiped clean next year. All of a sudden, the guy's now a Premier League owner. And just because Bournemouth have only got ten or 12,000 fans doesn't mean with an owner that's got a few quid, which he has, alongside the fact they all get the same money in the Premier League, they all get 110 million quid from the broadcasters, right? They might get 10, 15 million quid less in gate revenues, but they all get there and thereabouts. They all get 130, 140, 150 million turnover at Bournemouth. He can still have a go like Palace did. He's already managing up, though, isn't he, in answering your questions? Because he's been very humble, uh, he's been very grateful, he's not getting above his station, and he refused to talk about pretty well any transfers going forward. So, Jim, he's already managing upwards and he, he, he's professional enough, he's intelligent enough I agree to, with to that stay man, in the job. Actually. I think it's a great point you made. He could easily have said this morning, look, yeah, sure, let's quit the euphoria at the Let moment. Me it's the not board. mathematically done board. yet. Yeah, no. but, but, but it is done. It is done. It, it, as he said, it would take an incredible run of events with other clubs involved for them not to, C- common to se- be com- safe. Common sense would prevail that he's learnt the lesson of seeing what Scott Parker did, right? So he knows this is not a route he wants to go down because he'll have watched and emulated or not emulated in this instance. But don't be under the illusion that saying the right thing a moment of euphoria will translate into managing up when he gets to hear something he doesn't want to hear. Yeah. He, he might hear something in the summer that he doesn't want to hear. And yeah. if he does, then you'll know if he can manage up or not. Uh, Leeds. Are they doomed, cool. Martin? I mean, I, I, uh, Tom <laughs> Alnett in the Times uh, writing about Gary's uh, Bournemouth beating Leeds 4-1 at the weekend. Leeds look drained at the end of energy and belief. I mean, they've gone. They better not be gone. Because they've got four to go. Manchester City away, Newcastle at home, West Ham away, Tottenham at home. Yeah, shocking. Are, are they going to get anything out of that? <clears throat> I don't think they will. I, I, I mean, you look at the, the defeats they've had recently, 23 goals conceded in, in April. And, and the manager, I start to worry when the manager starts changing the system and the players in a back three are all over the place, 
going right in after balls and Cooper missing headers. Uh, Jim, it, it looks really bad for them. They they can't score. They're not secure enough in front of goal. Bamford isn't isn't reliable enough in front of goal, so they're not scoring enough goals. Um, and the injury front as well. There's a lot of key players, really, that I think they, Tyler Adams not available. Sinistera out. Stuart Dallas, a player I think has been really an unsung hero who's been missing most of the season. Um, they're really struggling right now. Do they go? <clears throat> well, it depends, really, on what's below them. I think it, there's this game tonight, Leicester-Everton. Um, I think if I'm in either of those dressing rooms and I look at the fixture list of those two teams, you have to win tonight. Yeah. People are going to say, oh, no, 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 yeah. you, don't, you must not lose. But how about going and winning it? Because that changes things overnight yeah. for you. Leeds are in trouble, you are they not, Simon? Real oh, trouble. You oh, bagged Javi Gracia. Oh, categorically. Yeah, categorically they're in trouble. And of course, you know, leading up to the results, they'd beaten Forest before the Palace game, so no one sees a 5-1. They were very, very good in the first half against Palace. In fact, dominated it and had a 20-minute aberration in the second half. By the way, judging by the conduct of their players walking out of the stadium... Um, yesterday afternoon where they saw fit to just keep on ignoring a young kid part of me thinks good I hope you get precisely what you deserve but but Leeds have suddenly We're going to get to that, lost actually. their way a little bit yeah. in two games they didn't get their heads handed to them by Fulham they got a result you know in terms of point at Leicester and they, you know they were they were they were okay in that game but I'm with Martin it's difficult to see they're not getting any points at Man City. Forget about it, right? No. I, I doubt they're going to get any points out of Newcastle. You can forget that one too. Mm. So you're looking at West Ham and Spurs. Is it West Where, Ham away? If West Ham are done, and their West Ham away. Yeah, away. But you never know what you're going to get at West Ham. West Ham might have a you might have a European competition to play in. You might be resting players for that game. The league status might already be settled by that time. So you yeah, might find that's yourself, what they're hoping for, isn't it? And maybe and then the last game of the season against Tottenham. Well, geez, Louise. I mean, Tottenham is a back box of chocolates, isn't it? You never know what you're going to get there, do you? You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.